Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one best-selling book, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Then call my office at 662-844-1414 and order my new book, The Code Breaker. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borke, back after a brief vacation to one of my favorite cities in the world, and that is New Orleans. Glad to be with you, though, and uh, glad we are back. Also, quick reminder, the post-game quick recap podcast will return this weekend. Uh, and a big weekend it is, obviously, Ole Miss and Mississippi State. So those will be coming back this weekend after a one-week hiatus. I think you guys liked them. And uh, so we'll keep doing it and uh, look forward to that. So anyway, welcome in. Glad to see you. Ole Miss gets a win last night in the midweek, which is good. It was Austin P. So you're supposed to beat Austin P. the way you beat Austin P. We got big news last night about what he's doing, he being Mike Bianco, what he's doing this weekend with the pitching rotation. So I'll talk about that. Also, Lane Kiffin met with the media this week. Uh, I'll play that audio for you. Just a heads up. It is quite boring. It's April. It's spring practice. He doesn't say a whole lot. He does get asked questions. He does answer questions. And I have been told by a few of you that you love to hear the post-practice audio. You don't pay for the message boards or anything like that. So a lot of you don't see it. So you have said in the past that you appreciate me bringing that to you. So I'm going to keep doing it, even though just a heads up, guys. This one... um, you can tell they're in the middle of spring practice when every question that anybody has has been answered, and there's not really a whole lot more uh, that he can say right now. we got the spring game here in uh, about 10 days, I think, and um, we will get to overreact to that for sure uh, on that Monday. But for now, I will play that for you. also talk a little bit baseball. First, I want to remind you that the show is brought to you every day by LBs just across from Kroger on University Avenue right there in Oxford. Go by and see Greg and tell him that we sent you. Now, it is the best place in Mississippi to get your meat. Ole Miss is on the road this weekend, so you should, considering how just... So it's a little chilly. It depends on what your cold tolerance is, but the weather this weekend in Oxford, you're looking at mid-60s, cloudy, little sun. I mean, to me, that's perfect grilling weather. Set the TV up outside, maybe get a little fire going on Friday night. That's that's the plan here in the Borky house. You should do the same thing. But get that started at LB's, the best place in Mississippi to get your meat. Also, let Greg and the good people there do the cooking for you Monday through Friday. Get one of their daily lunch specials and stop by LB's for anything involving meat. Across from Kroger on University Avenue. So Ole Miss gets the win last night. Little box score house cleaning. They beat Austin P 13-1 to in just seven innings. Like I said, exactly the way you're supposed to beat a team like Austin P. They had 15 hits, scored three runs in the bottom of the first, third, fourth, fifth, and one in the sixth. Austin P. started the game with a home run, solo home run, and didn't score after that. Jacob Gonzalez had three hits and two RBIs. Chatney had two hits and an RBI. Graham uh, was actually hitless, but uh, had an RBI himself. Dunhurst had a hit. McCants had a couple of hits. Kale Baker went four for four with six RBIs. Hayden Leatherwood had a hit. Knox LaPosser, who was catching um, just to give Dunhurst the night off uh, after a doubleheader and then a Sunday game, a long marathon Sunday game. DHing him was the right move for sure. John Rice Plumley had a hit. 
all in all, just <laughs> just one of those nights where you beat up on a really bad team. And uh, that was good to see for Ole Miss after a difficult weekend. Uh, Myers got the win. He gave up that one home run, three complete. Uh, just one strikeout in those three innings, though. And then uh, a couple of names that you – or three names that you may or may not see on the weekend at all closed the game out, um, at least this weekend anyway. Um, but all in all, easy win for Ole Miss. And uh, the story from this game is two things. We'll get to the more important thing in a second uh, with the new change in Sunday – but T.J. McCants playing third base. Now, I am fascinated by that decision because, to me, and I may be overthinking this, that struck me as a move to see if he was capable of doing it to get Justin Bench to move over to first. I have told you guys many times, and I'll tell you again because why not, I think Ole Miss's best lineup does not involve the – first baseman that were the immediate replacements for Tim Elko. I do not think it's Kale Baker. I don't think it's Ben Van Cleve. I think they should have made a couple of adjustments. Bring McCants maybe back into the infield or or have Kevin Graham play first base, do some shifting there. Bring McCants back down to the infield, have Justin Bench play first base, keep Plumley in the lineup every day. I think he's earned it. Some kind of form of that. And I thought last night was basically an audition for TJ McCants. That's what that was my thinking when that lineup got released is maybe Bianco's considering moving Justin Bench, who got the night off. He's actually uh, dealing with a, a bit of a nagging injury. I believe it's the back. We'll see if he's healthy enough to play on Friday. I imagine he's going to. I have not heard any concern beyond, you know, just a little soreness, but we'll see. That struck me as an audition in that when Justin Bench is back in the lineup, he'll play first, and that would be their best lineup top to bottom. I know there's a bunch of left-handed bats in that lineup. I don't care. I don't care what side uh, or what arm a pitcher uses. That is your best chance to win uh, is having Plumlee be an everyday guy and moving Justin Bench over to first or bringing Kevin Graham down to first. That was their best chance at having a lineup that can win a championship, which is this team's ability and ultimate goal. But then Kale Baker has four hits last night, and I'm not about to say that that's a bad thing. I'm I'm not going to be that guy. I am not Max Kellerman, although um, I would really appreciate his salary. I'm not going to tell you that a player getting four hits last night is a bad thing. But I do think that now you might just see a scenario in which he plays first base this weekend. Uh, we will see. I think that going four for four against Austin P, guys that couldn't, I mean, had off-speed stuff in the 50s and fastballs that barely touched 80, that's not what they're going to see this weekend. So I... If Bianco was considering doing some shifting, I hope that last night didn't stop him from pushing forward with that thought because we have more of a sample size now that says their best lineup is one that does not feature either of those guys that I mentioned before. And, I mean, who knows? This could be a situation where he, that you know, the light bulb has finally come on. I guess we'll find out Friday. But that is something that uh, that I saw that, 
or when I saw it, I should say, I, I really thought that that was um, what Bianca was doing. We'll see. Because if you were just moving McCants down for the night, I think that would be a mistake. Because while a, a good athlete and a good baseball player, um, he is still very inexperienced at center field. He's never played it before. He's been an infielder, and now he's a freshman playing center field for the first time. He needs as many reps out there as possible if that's what he's going to play moving forward. He needs as many reps there as possible. So using a midweek game where you're going to win comfortably to take those reps away where they're less impactful if he screws up uh, doesn't make sense to me if that's all that it was. Maybe there is going to be some tinkering. We'll find out Friday. That makes the most sense to me. So we'll see. Um, That is their best lineup to me. Gonzalez, Chatney, Graham. You have either McCants at third with Bench at first or move Graham down to third, Plumlee in the everyday. That, to me, is their best chance at winning baseball games, is doing it that way. But anyway, we'll see. I mean, it's all speculation at this point. But that was at least an interesting move last night, one worth uh, one worth looking at. This weekend, so the biggest news of the night was not that Ole Miss won. Of course, them winning is good. It's very good. Uh, but the bigger news is what Bianco said after the game, and, and it's that Drew McDaniel will be replacing Derek Diamond and starting on Sunday at Mississippi State. I think that is the necessary move. It's what needed to be done. It's what needed to be done. Diamond, while you know he might be the probably will be the Friday night guy next year, he's got the stuff to do it. But frankly, he's been really bad this year, not giving you what you need to win games on on any day, but especially Sunday. This was a, a move that I actually kind of pondered over last week, and, and I'm. I'm honestly, I'm glad to see Mike Bianco made that decision because there's two ways to look at it. One, Drew McDaniel getting his uh, this start, this weekend debut, at least on the mound, or, or at least starting anyway, on the road in a pretty hostile environment. That's a big test for Drew McDaniel for sure. But I have heard from some people that think that you know, maybe it's not the best idea to take reps away from Derek Diamond because he's going to be the Friday starter next year. You want to get him as much work as possible because, uh, one, you don't want to ruin his confidence, and he's probably going to be your Friday night guy next year. I disagree with that line of thinking wholeheartedly, and here's why. If Ole Miss was great otherwise, maybe, if they weren't a team that's ranked in the top 10, should be in the top five right now, with the national seed very much in their grasp, with championship aspirations, if they weren't like that, if they were just an average team, I I would understand letting him work through it. But you've got to win right now. You can win right now. And if McDaniel gives you a better option on Sundays this year, I don't really give a damn about next year. 2022 doesn't matter right now. This is a team that has everything that they want still in front of them. I still think they are a championship caliber team, SEC, regional, super regional, and otherwise. I think they are capable of 
going that far. Do they have holes? Absolutely, they have holes. But they are capable of being a championship team. So do whatever you need to do to win today. Win now. And if McDaniel gives you your best option to win a game on Sunday, you do it. I don't care about next year. I don't honestly I don't care about Diamond's confidence. If this hurts his confidence, well that's too bad. If maybe this sets you back in preparation for next year, I accept that. I'm willing to take that on because right now Ole Miss isn't winning anything significant with their game 3 starter giving them what they have gotten lately. You're not winning anything like this. If McDaniel's the better option right now, you do what is necessary to win right now because you are a championship-caliber team. A national seed is within your grasp. You have to do what it takes to win now. I, I hear the other side, of course. I'm not telling you guys are wrong. I just disagree. If you think that, well, we need to set up Derek Diamond for next year or whatever, I've heard that. I had a, I'm had reading a text message for verbatim from a friend. He said, we, uh, although we're not on the team, uh, he, he said, we need to get diamond ready for next year i disagree with that wholeheartedly no you do not you need to do what's best for you to win right now because you can everything is right there better starts on sunday the last few weeks shoot you're the number one team in the country if mcdaniel's a better option you pitch him right now because you need to win and you can you are fully capable of winning everything right now so you do that, and you don't look back. You do that, and you don't even think twice. So I'm fascinated to see uh, how he handles this. Um, I think he's capable. I think he's more than capable, actually. I mean, I, I I expect Drew McDaniel to be a kind of guy that, I mean, Ole Miss has had so many, but just high-level starting pitchers. Maybe not right away. But I think he's capable of being that guy, uh, for sure. And uh, we'll see how he's able to to handle this. So uh, he's 4-0 on the year, by the way. He's got a whip of 1.23. Uh, 31 innings pitched. He's got 38 strikeouts. I mean, he he's ready. The opponents only hit 233 off of him. He's ready, I think, for this role. And um, it's time to see what he's got. It is absolutely time to see uh, what he's got. So we'll find out Sunday. And luckily for him, although it's um, it's going to be a pretty difficult environment, as you guys know. I mean, there's going to be 10,000-plus people there. Uh, this is not the most intimidating lineup in the world. Uh, so when McDaniel takes the hill on Sunday against Mississippi State, uh, I mean, maybe the series is on the line. Maybe it's not. Who knows? Um it's not like he'd be getting this first start against Arkansas, who has a much better top-to-bottom, more consistent lineup. I am certainly not telling you that Mississippi State's bad, because they are not. It's a good baseball team. Really, really good baseball team in a tough environment. But uh, it's not the most intimidating lineup he's ever seen. So the environment's going to be significant, but the team he's actually facing, not the best batting lineup in the world. So uh, so we'll see there as well. I'm anxious to see what it looks like. But I do think it's the right move. I, uh, I really think it's the right move.
So those are your two items from last night. Ole Miss does get that win over Austin P. Kale Baker got a bunch of hits. Maybe that muddies the water for this weekend. Uh, again, we'll see what Bianco's doing. I thought moving McCants to third last night was a sign that some there's a bit of a shakeup coming this weekend. Um, but we'll see. And, of course, the news with McDaniel last night. So those are the big items on the baseball front. No real newsworthy stuff coming from football. Nothing that I've heard anyway that is just, you know, eye-popping. And, you know, you hear certain guys are playing well, like Jake Springer's having a really good spring, and he's probably going to start, stuff like that. Um, I'm going to try to learn as much as I can from the spring game. Since I I don't get to go to the open practices, I don't really see much. If we're being honest, not living in Oxford really makes this, uh, this side of things difficult for me. So I have to rely on talking to people. And um, most of the people I talk to either won't give enough to really relay anything great to you that is profound or anything like that, uh, or they're like me and don't really know what they're looking at. <laughs> so anyway, uh, here's Link Giffen. I'll play that for you, and that this will end the podcast. Uh, like I said, if you feel like skipping it, I understand. But I like listening to the coaches as well because they tell you things, you know, especially guys like Lane Kiffin who don't sugarcoat. He He's pretty frank and pretty honest. Um, but here he is talking about defense and uh, stuff like that. So here's Lane Kiffin. This was yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday afternoon with the media uh, talking about a handful of things after their most recent practice. So thank you guys for tuning in, as you always do. I appreciate you guys very much. Check out the morning live stream. I did a who has the advantage uh, between Ole Miss and Mississippi State this weekend. I looked at uh, starting pitching, overall bullpen, hitting, fielding, stuff like that. Who's got the advantage, Ole Miss or State? So uh, check that out if you haven't already. Here's Lane Kiffin, and I'll talk to you guys again on Friday. All right, so Tuesday's practice. Back to Saturday's scrimmage, another really good defensive scrimmage. Do have a lot of offensive players out, um, especially skilled guys. So that's been challenging. But um, so we're back to work today. And then another scrimmage Saturday and then the spring game, which we're excited about for that weekend of, you know, baseball going on, a lot of energy around. So uh, we'll be good for finally things to be opened up. How's it going, Blaine? I just wanted to see if there was an update on uh, Luke Altmaier's progression, what you've kind of seen from him uh, this spring. I think Luke's done a good job. Um, You know, he's suffered a little bit from our lack of numbers out there. So our second field hasn't been able to perform all the drills. Um, So there's not any reps to go around, but he's done a good job. Uh, What's the, like, what do you kind of look for or in a guy that young that comes into spring ball that, that's got a lot of talent, what do you kind of look for for, for a guy like that? It's kind of different for each player on that scale. Well, you know, this is <clears throat> a while back. It was only quarterbacks, basically. You know, now it's over half your class. Um, so it's just kind of become, you know, the norm. It's great for kids, like I've always said, to get the practices in and get the academic part in. So, um, you know, it's almost impossible to be a quarterback and be ready to play without it anymore. Lane, switching over to the defensive side of the ball, uh, a player, Mark Robinson, somebody that uh, we didn't know a lot about going into this spring, seems to be getting a ton of reps and uh, 
if you would, just kind of talk about what you've seen out of him, if he surprised you, and uh, kind of where he stands with everything right now. Yeah, Mark's a great story. Um, you know, as a running back that walked on here from, I guess, Simo, who had played the year before, I think, and really he was ineligible because of transferring, um, which is another conversation. I don't know why a walk-on should ever be ineligible, but um, so he had to sit out and was on our service team and just thought, wow, this guy would be a really good linebacker too, you know, just by you know, how he did in special teams drills. So moved him over there, was a service team linebacker for us and did a great job. He, he Springer, and Otis Reese were all over there for the most part last year. So um, he's had a good transition. Well, I, was, I saw where the NCAA uh, ended the dead period starting June 1. I was wondering if you had gotten any uh, additional guidance as to what that means for you guys in June. Does that mean you can have a traditional June, or are there limitations that are on what you can do? Yeah, we've not had a, a call. I think ours um, you know, might be Thursday. So you know, they'll update us on that. The last one was just possibilities, so I don't know more than you guys. Lane, with the numbers being what they are at the skill positions, what have you seen from guys like a Kentrell Bullock or a Dennis Jackson that are getting expanded roles with some other guys out? Yeah, Kentrell's done a really good job. Um, you know, very tough physical runner, you know, coming into his second year. Uh, and um, Danis, you know, has played inside for us and outside. Now he's playing more outside for us and, you know, really fast. And, you know, we just got to get him going. Playing a little like you guys didn't really have a lot of push uh, from the defensive line interior last year. Um, what are you seeing in the spring physically? Uh, will the numbers just uh, help improve that? Yeah, we're playing way better up there, um, you know, and uh, have done a lot better in defense in general, but especially up front. So, you know, that, that had to happen, and it's really good to see, but we've got a long ways to go. What do you see in KD Hill specifically? Um, how has he changed? Well, we're trying to play him, um, you know, at different spots inside. Um, you know, really uh, can play zero and can play shade. So, you know, again, missing, having no spring last year defensively, I think I've said it a million times, I think everybody for the most part on the country really struggled that had first-year staffs and kids just hadn't been coached, you know, with the new staff. Now, following up on a question asked earlier about the dead period ending, and I know you don't have all the information yet, but you anticipate you guys being able able to have a, a camp season, and uh, what would the camp season mean for y'all in terms of being able to evaluate these kids first person? Yeah, we are hoping for that to happen, um, and that would be huge, obviously. You know, it's very hard to sign players. Um, and get the best ones without being able to evaluate. You know, <clears throat> you know, it says, you know, you used to say the camp eval in some positions is more important than their game tape. You know, get working with them and seeing how they do your stuff. So uh, that would be great to have. Do you think uh, you think they're going to give you guys some kind of, uh, I guess, uh, evaluation period on the road since the spring evaluation period was kind of wiped away? Do you anticipate that? I do not. Um, that would be news to me. Um, I do not think that's going to happen. Bro, Springer a few minutes ago on his role on the scout team last year, just how valuable is it having somebody like him back there? And, and can you tell just 
the attitude different for somebody coming from a place like the Naval Academy? I can. Um, we've talked about that before. Um, you know, as you look at transfers, not just the player, but where they came from, you know, the, the system that they're in. And, you know, that a lot of times has to do with, you know, <clears throat> whether they can come in and play early. You know, much like NFL people look at certain college teams um, and programs and say there's going to be an easier transition um, than others. So he, he's been great. Yeah, Coach, uh, we say that a lot of schools are setting up official visits in June. When do you anticipate to bring in your guys? Are you going to bring them in early or continue to wait later in the process? Uh, we're going to try not to bring very many. Um you know, we'd just rather have that in the fall, you know, with the game atmosphere. And um, so, but we understand there'll have to be some, and, and it may be early in the month, maybe late. Just depends on when we get them. Back to Parrish. Lane, have you heard or been involved in any conversations about attendance at the Grove Bowl? We've seen what baseball has done. Well, what might the Grove Bowl look like? Uh, it's open. Um, so, you know, I think once everything, once baseball is open, I figured, I think everybody figured we were, and I've not heard any different. So um, it's going to be open. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.